use headphones for best experience. Hi, welcome to another video. I think this is going to be a quite short video. I haven't uploaded anything for a while, sorry about that. There will be more videos eventually. I have a lot of ideas, projects going on, doing a lot of research at the moment, reading a lot about uh, Elder Scrolls lore, and um, the last couple of days I've read a lot about uh, alphabets and writing systems of the world, the history about about um, yeah how the um, the evolution of like the alphabet we're using in for example English language um, the Latin alphabet uh, the evolution of that what it comes from its origins and uh, other alphabets that have derived from those oldest sources of texts that we found. It's very interesting. It's a topic that uh, always fascinated me and that it's so complex and I always like forget when I read about it. I want to learn more and more and more. And I'm trapped in Wikipedia in a way. Um, and then it's so much information that I start to like forget. I can't really sort out the most important. What I I can't like pick uh, and select important uh, parts of it to get like an overview. But one who who does that is Matt uh, Baker, who create these fantastic charts posters you can find his work in usefulcharts.com and on youtube and on uh, instagram as well he sent me this chart and uh, i think it's just fantastic see abjads abjads is like the first type of alphabet before vowels were added to it so it consisted of only consonants and you had to like know in advance or guess the consonant the, the vowels in between the consonants And we have the alphabets, starting with the Greek alphabet, because the ancient Greeks, they added vowels to this writing system. And uh, characters evolved. You can track it back to Egyptian, Egyptian hieroglyphs. Proto-Sinaitic, probably the first 
the writing system that kind of relates to how we use alphabets today so that uh, each character has a sound and a uh, phonation alphabet here you can start to recognize letters that we used to today A Aleph actually that was like a picture of a head of a of an ox B was probably this could be a house or a home or a tent seen from above like a floor plan here's the door opening could be I guess uh, you have to guess a lot when it's these um, really old Characters, proto synaitic, one thousand seven hundred and fifty BCE, almost four thousand years ago. It's the possible basis for the Phoenician alphabet, and it's like uh, before. When this was uh, the Proto-Sinaitic uh, script was discovered, it was like the missing link between Egyptian hieroglyphs and Phoenician alphabet. And uh, so on. Gimel. Read that this could be a representation of a throwing stick, like a, or like a, yeah, a weapon, like a boomerang, used by the Egyptians. And the talet, a fish, or a door, the door of a tent, perhaps, to different uh, explanations or guesses also like a fish god I think in some culture here around here here are the origins of the letter E epsilon looks really funny it's a uh, figure holding holding up their hands uh, I read that this could be read as a celebration somehow so I guess the arms and the neck and the head and the other arm somehow turned into these arms of the letter E that uh, used to be pronounced with an H, so this was actually one or two H letters representing what's now considered in 
many languages as an H. In Hebrew, it's still H. In Arabic, it's still H. But in Greece, they stopped. At some point, they stopped. In many dialects, stopped uh, pronouncing the H before the E vowel. So it became a vowel. Vowel E. signs for I mean E for me that's this letter because I speak mostly Swedish so I would say for the E sound I would use Yota but of course it differs in depending on what language you speak the English vowels are so confusing to me the I A for the E and the A letters, for example. And the E pronunciation for the E, E letter. I never learn how to, how to cope with that, really. It's really not intuitive for me.
consonant in various languages. So, however you pronounce the consonants, it should be represented here in this chart somehow. So you can describe it in a in a way that's not uh, depending on which language you speak. So if you're learning language, all pronunciation could be translated into this kind type of language. The phonetic alphabet. using the voice and here you use the voice. So p or p. Here we have mm, then you're using the voice. And um, you can't really pronounce this without using your voice. This one I will not try to pronounce, I've never tried it. Kind of trail using your lips. Here we have th and no, sorry. What's this? Trill and tap and flap. Seems like uh, could be hard to like get it right from the first try. Anyway, here we have th and th. And in this region here, the dental or alveolo. Alveolar or post alveolar section of the mouth of the mouth. Um, here we have a lot of variation actually. The, the, 
touching the teeth, the front, back of the front teeth with your, the tip of your tongue. And alveolar, then you touch the front, or like the ridge between the, the hard palate and the front teeth with the tip of your tongue. And then it's and if it's voice and it's a fricative it means uh, you have a stream of continuous airflow you can also do it like a stop or plosive like you do with p and p then, you, then it becomes t and t nasal then it becomes sound that you can hear some in some languages for example Icelandic Retroflex. Then it's like your the tip of your tongue goes first, like in a in like bending, bending the tongue. So it starts to go back before it meets the uh, palate. Then it became becomes a distinct sound like. A 
Maldives. Then we have the palatal consonants. And this one represented by a C, I think is sh sh voiced version is zh. Okay, that's not a plosive, that's a fricative. Because I could I can it's a continuous stream. This was This is I think also there's a variation not listed in the in the main chart there that you have to learn when you're learning um, German. And now I'm not sure again. Maybe I'll mix this up, but I think this could be the versions used a lot in German language. Like the and alveolo palatal fricatives. Or if it's the other way around, I'm not sure. It's uh, kind of that I use a lot in Swedish, for example. This one, I'm not sure. Then we're here at the velar, velar consonant. So this is the hard palate, the tongue against the hard palate, front part of the palate, and this is the tongue against the soft palate, the um, back of the palate. So we have, um, start here, we have that, or no, actually I can start here, we have th these are really easy to recognize to me. It's Uvular. Uvular is when you use the uvula to make sounds uh, at the very back of your mouth where it connects to the throat. 
I guess the last part of the mouth that you can see you're looking to a mirror there are a lot of ways you can pronounce the letter R with in Sweden it depends a lot of where you live and what dialect you speak so I guess this is a common way to pronounce R or with a trill or if it's a tap or a flap and a retroflex or uvular that's more so almost a fricative I guess using only your throat you can't go further down pronouncing than the glottal area because that's the the vocal cords where the voice like starts you can't make distinct sounds beneath this point so so it's really deep this is like in the middle of the throat between uvula, which you can see if you, when you look in, in uh, to a mirror, and the vocal cords when you pronounce consonants using only this area for pronunciation, then you can pronounce something like and if it's voiced. as well when you say uh oh uh oh it's like a stop you're saying h but it's a stop it's plosive
and if you do a voiced version of it, I think it's really difficult. No, I can't say it. Maybe it's when you use a creaky voice, perhaps. Not sure. But we have, uh, I think these are really interesting right now because only two sounds and you're not using them in many languages not in Swedish, not in English I guess um, but actually today when I try to practice these sounds a bit the and not now I think I'm using the uvula I have to go to the pharynx There, I think it is. Then, um, what was I about to say? Um, yeah, I started to think of a Swedish uh, old dialect that you speak in Småland. It's the southern part of Sweden, but not the most southern part. It's like in between the capital area, Stockholm area, and the most southern, southernmost area, Skåne. Yeah, in between these places, there you have Småland and Östergötland. But I think this is mainly in Småland. You, I think you could use this sound when you pronounce, a lot of people use this when they pronounce the letter R. And uh, for example, in the place name, a small place, uh, village called, in, um, well, I would say Ringerum, because it's spelled with an R. Ringerum, two R's in this uh, name. Then I've heard people saying something like Ringarum, Ringarum, Ringarum. So it's not even using the uvula, like you would say probably in the southern part of Sweden. Ringarum, Ringarum. It's even more deep. It's like in the middle of the throat here, I think, because when I say it using this way to pronounce it, I think I sound like a person born and raised in Reingarum. And this letter is the... I mean, this sound I think you also use in the Arabic language when you pronounce the letter Ein, which has... Um, it's very difficult to like describe in other languages because it's not very easy to compare it to how to how what other words that you can relate to how you use how you use this sound or what sound to produce but I will start thinking about pronouncing when I try to pronounce the Arabic Ein, ein. 
and the voiceless version is uh, Now, let's do some writing Then I can use use this. Uh, maybe you recognize it from the intro. Um, the notepad that uh, I use for writing supporter's name on it. And I'm usually not a huge fan of uh, I prefer to, usually prefer to be able to draw, mix uh, writing and uh, drawing. Uh, but today I will do some uh, writing. Studied some math, maths, um, because I was very confused about all these new characters. I couldn't really uh, recognize them, and uh, I kind of mixed it all up. So I finally said to myself, "I'd better learn this alphabet, so it, it doesn't just." Sit looks like uh, mysterious characters to me when they appear in the the books about uh, maths that I was studying so I learned it, I remember I learned it from a song actually that I found on YouTube but now let's see the Greek alphabet so there are uh, capital letters and the uh, what's it called? the lowercase letters
to change from automatic to manual zoom because on this white paper like this it's, the zoom gets very weakly Probably. 
first on all of these new characters and letters from the Greek alphabet. I mean, when you study math, not speaking Greek or familiar with the Greek alphabet, P is probably the first letter that you see in the in the maths context or pi in English. Um, and here I would like to add two letters that are not included in the modern Greek alphabet. some lowercase m as well or me sun and then also kof or koppa Sigma, also very one of the first uh, of these uh, letters that you that I wasn't used to, but that you get in contact with through maths, like the sum of something. Then you use sigma. Phi, 
气。Psi Omega。Song I learned didn't include the valve or sun or copa. It was alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, eta, iota, kappa, lambda, mi, ni, xi, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, epsilon, phi, xi, psi, omega. Actually, very simple melody. It's a uh, very famous, like children's song melody. But、um, it's really effective to learn through a song. Actually, when you're learning these kind of completely new things that you just can't really relate to too much, you just have to、uh, repeat it over and over again and just learn. When you have this alphabet, let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. So when you include these、uh, old.、Um, Characters used in the ancient Greek alphabet, or older version of the alphabet, and you stop here. After the twenty-second character, then you kind of have the origins of the alphabet, so you can track back even、um, more back in time. So, like Phoenician alphabet and、uh, Proto-Sinaitic alphabet. And、uh, Aramaic alphabet, I think. And from those older alphabets, before there were vowels in the alphabet, you can continue in another direction, and then you reach like Hebrew alphabet and、um, and the Arab alphabet. So, and. These last letters, I guess, are added in the Greek alphabet by the Greeks, because 
they will be very useful in the particular in the Greek alphabet epsilon these are like combinations psi no, sorry <laughs> this is a epsilon phi this is phi she that sound very common in Greek language I guess psi this is just p and s as a combination letter omega I'm not sure when to use omega it's like a long o I think um, and these all these letters have like an origin of being a, a consonant and not vowels so you can see a e i o a e i o are all vowels today but they used to not be the Greeks who made them into vowels somehow and uh, by doing that also invented the vowels I think um, but these uh, characters have a history of representing consonant sounds as well consonants that may be disappeared or continued living on in just other languages, not in the Greek language, so they could like replace the these uh, pictures with uh, vowel sounds that was useful. Um, so here actually the sound I was talking about earlier, the ein, was located here in the alphabet at this place. This is uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, the 16th letter was the ein, ein. And now I've already mentioned that e used to be um, the voiceless version of ein. just ha in Arabic ha yota was actually yeah it I in English now for example in Latin alphabets languages using Latin alphabet we also have J but they, it used to be represented both I and J used to be represented by this letter. So it has a history of being J, J I think. Um, and this one, Alif, used to be called Alep, became Alpha in Greek. Um, comes from Alep, that means. Um, head of an ox. The original picture used to represent Aleph. The sound of Aleph 
is uh, mostly silent, but I, I read that it rep could represent the glottal stop, the 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 plosive version of of H, like <laughs> like uh, the sound you make when you say uh oh, but uh, just in between uh and oh, you do a glottal stop <laughs> using only the vocal cords. We have a consonant, we have and we have and we have by the Greeks, I think, that this would stand for the combination k -s -x. because we also have a lot of, of uh, characters representing some kind of S sound a long time ago. Latin alphabets. 
it was called Sin, or Sheen actually. So it was represented, it has been represented in the sh sound, but also the s sound. So it was, it has been in some languages, it has been called both Sin and Sheen. Then some languages wanted to make a distinction, so they put the S sound here, I think. So in Arabic, I think, I think Sin and Sheen are two different uh, letters today. And Saad is a third S letter. So yeah, the S-related letters are really, it's complex, the history. It, uh, they move around somehow. Um, but originally, I think, why there are three signs showing... Yeah, and then we have Z, of course. In Sweden, we have really no distinction between S and Z. We don't use the Z sound in Swedish. And also C in Swedish. And in English, also represents some S sound sometimes. So it's has been happening a lot, depending on how languages have evolved, of course. But originally, I think we had the, the s sound, it was here, where there are the x, 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 or the xi in the Greek alphabet, between n and o, or ni and omicron. Uh, that was s, what's now? sound and then we had the saw here between P and Q and then we had the shin sh, sh, between R and T and um, yeah the old alphabets the Greeks, many of these um, from the Middle East, like uh, more than 2,000 years old, and those kind of alphabets stopped usually here after 22 letters at T. And then um, in Latin and English we have, of course, U, V, W, X, Y, Z as well. And why do we have that um, distinction between I and Y, perhaps? Also, F. Something happened with F, it disappeared, for example, from the Greek alphabet, and V had to be because F and V, of course, are related. They're pronounced very close to each other, phonetically. Also B, B, V and F. Um, somehow, I guess B could be... In Greek, I think this letter uh, actually is pronounced uh, in between what's in many other languages are B and V, so it's like a, uh, in the middle mix of those two, like V, V, V. And it's very difficult for me to, to try to pronounce that. So I guess the Greeks don't really 
needed V um, but yeah depending on what language you speak and how the language evolves you need more letters so. and uh, Z um, Zeta I mean this is the old Zeta uh, on place one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was replaced by G in many languages. G was actually a um, variation of gamma. So gamma could be both G sound, the hard G sound, and G, the soft G sound. Um, or sound as well I think um, very confusing but uh, somehow the Latin language needed the C for K sound I don't know actually about the J the soft sound here but K for the hard sound and G for the soft sound that was I was thinking about that distinction, not not the other one. So k and k, and they didn't use this <laughs> character for some reason because they were otherwise they could have this for k and this for k and this for z. Uh, but anyway, so the this was the k sound. I think this was could be have been used, and it was still in the alphabet, but. In, I mean, in Latin, if you read a text from Latin uh, sources, then it's not. Uh, I think you can, can see this very often. This letter, so the G, the new invented letter G, was placed here, and then C was placed at the end. And U is. Uh, it's like the vowel version of V. U, V, W, X. Not sure why X was invented actually. Or, of course, I'm not sure, but uh, I don't uh, either have thought about it or have a clue or anything. I'm just rambling now. I'm not really sure. But it's really fascinating to think about these things. So I'm currently trying to learn both the Hebrew alphabet and the Arabic alphabet. And uh, I did have plans to write something in those alphabets today. But maybe this video will be too long if I do that. So have to wait for another video to do that. Yeah, uh, still haven't thought about, I haven't talked about the E and H relation between those. So this became a vowel and um, this is actually a vowel as well in Greek language. So it's E and this is E. 
this was uh, originally in these old alphabets, I guess, two versions out, this H. <laughs> and this was the heavy version, the, I believe, this was the heavy version, the uh, articulated it at the same point in the throat as uh, Ein. And uh, this one is the glottal version. The it used to be like that, I think. That's my theory. Um, also, it's interesting with the theta and the uh, tough. Theta and tough. Uh, in Greek, these are actually distinct. Uh, sounds now, separated sounds, the th, th. This uh, sound doesn't have a, uh, its own character in many languages. In Icelandic it has. But for example, in English you have to write th or, yeah, th for that one, I think. Think, as in think. Um, and this somehow developed into modern. But in Arabic we have the the I think we have a heavy version of T but not th because there are like three T versions in Arabic. Th is one of them. But also at this place in the Arabic language alphabet. Um, some versions of the Arabic language alphabet. Uh, we have the thick, uh, the heavy version of T, uh, just like I mentioned the heavy version of S, the sod, then we have tod, tod, instead of pronounced more in the mouth than out. And that could be the origin of this having like a T related letter here in this place, the alphabet. The ninth letter. Also it's super interesting when you think about that the first nine letters actually could represent the Arabic numbers that we use uh, now many languages, many parts of the world one, two, three, four, five, nine actually, not six uh, seven, you can really see this could be so th from, if you go back history to uh, Proto-Sinaic language and then go in the Arabic language direction um, and from Arabic to numbers then it's so cool you can recognize this shape here we have the seven eight actually I think I, you can see it in the H and six actually the theta correlated six. Mm. 
and that's numbers 1 to 9, the first 9 letters, that's their positions almost. You can talk about this, I can talk about this forever, <laughs> but now I think I have to wait and do another video about the Arabic language perhaps, and continue to talk about this. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you found it relaxing, and I hope you enjoy, and uh, sleep well. Take care. Thanks for your support.